Welcome to the Bridge to God's Word podcast with Carla Unseth, a linguistic consultant for missionaries working in Bible translation. We invite you to visit us at www.bridgetogodsword.org to learn more about Carla's ministry. Now, here's linguistic consultant Carla Unseth. Hi, and welcome to Building a Bridge to God's Word. This is Carla Unseth. Today, we are going back to our overview of the Bible and looking at the plot of the Bible, but this time we have a little bit of a different perspective. We heard last time about the birth, life, and death of Christ, and this is the climax of our story, the fulfillment of God's plan. So, so far, as we've been looking at the Old Testament, we've been seeing tension rise as we wonder how there is going to be a solution to the sin problem. But with Christ, we've reached the climax. We see the story changing. We see the turning point. But now we have to see what actually happens. How does this turning point actually turn things around? And we find the answer to that question in the book of Acts and beyond in the epistles and then also in Revelation. So when we're in the book of Acts, we find a group of people who know that there's a solution to the sin problem. This is the church. And They have to both spread that knowledge around the world and also learn for themselves what it means to live in light of this solution. How do they live when they know that sin is defeated, but sin is also still present on the earth? So we find the answer, as I said, in the New Testament. And the book of Acts talks about the growth of the church and how this news is spread throughout the world. And then in the letters that follow, we see the answers to those questions about how to live as a community of believers in light of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. So let's go ahead and dive into Acts. And right away, Acts 1 verse 8, gives kind of a guide for the structure of the book. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So this is how Acts is structured. Chapters 1 through 7 show the believers witnessing to Christ in Jerusalem. And then chapters 8 through 12 show them moving out to Judea and Samaria. And then chapters 13 through 28 look at the church moving out to the ends of the earth. So in today's podcast, we're going to look at at the first two parts of the book of Acts. When the church was still mostly Jewish people, and as it grew in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, so throughout Israel. So, at the very beginning of Acts, Jesus commissions the disciples to go out and spread the news about him, but he tells them to wait for a gift first. So, they wait in Jerusalem until the Feast of Pentecost. So, Pentecost is the Greek name for the Jewish Feast of Weeks, and it takes place 50 days after Passover. That's why it's called the Feast of Weeks. It's a week of weeks, essentially, seven weeks, and it celebrates the wheat harvest. So the disciples are waiting in Jerusalem as the city is filled with Jews, getting ready to celebrate harvest, to celebrate this Feast of Weeks. 
And one day, while they're gathered together, flames of fire enter the room and rest on them. And this is the Holy Spirit. It's the gift that God has mentioned. So I really love the symbolism here between the Jewish feasts and God's plan being revealed. So we have Passover, which celebrated the rescue of Israel from Egypt and looked forward to their greater rescue from sin. And Jesus died on the night the lambs were sacrificed. So he is the true sacrifice, inaugurating the true rescue from sin, God's plan put into action. Then, 50 days later, the Holy Spirit comes on the feast celebrating the harvest. So it's like in God's plan, this harvest isn't physical. They were celebrating a physical wheat harvest, but in reality, The fulfillment of God's plan shows that it's a spiritual harvest of people coming into God's kingdom. So this Feast of Pentecost is is given its true meaning as well as part of God's plan. Now it's also symbolic that the Holy Spirit comes down on them with fire. Throughout the Old Testament, flames of fire represent God's presence. There's the fire in the burning bush, the pillar of fire which leads the Israelites through the wilderness and it rests on the tabernacle when they're not moving. But at this point in the story, God's presence has left the temple. We found that back during the exile time, the the presence of God left the temple. And now God's presence returns as flames of fire in the Holy Spirit But rather than going into the temple, it goes on to God's people. They are now his temple. We are his temple. And his presence is with them and in them and empowering them to spread his word. And that's immediately what they go out and do. So immediately, as soon as they receive the Holy Spirit, the disciples go out to this crowd of Jewish believers that has gathered in Jerusalem, and Peter preaches to the crowd, and 3,000 people come to faith. So the church grows exponentially, and the next few chapters of Acts detail the things that happened as this church just started, and they're just learning how do we live together? How do we live knowing that the promise has been fulfilled? So there were miracles that happened, like Peter healing a lame beggar. And also you see the church just living, learning to live in common. And they begin to share everything in common and to live in community with each other. That kind of leads to a a startling story in chapter 5. And that's the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And so part of the church deciding to live in community together is that people sold everything they have and gave it to the church and they lived actually in common with each other. They actually shared everything and and lived off of everybody's income. So Ananias and Sapphira wanted to look like they were doing that as well, but they also wanted to maintain a little of their own security. So they lied. They, they sold a field and they said, let's say we're giving everything to the church, but actually let's keep a little bit for ourselves. And it's kind of shocking to us to see what happens as a result, because the result is that they're immediately killed. And what, what does this mean? Why does this happen? It's so startling. So I have to credit the Bible Project with this insight, and that is that this underscores the fact that the church is the new temple. 
So they had a, they they tell you to look back to the story of in Leviticus about two priests who offered unauthorized fire as it said before the Lord. So the Lord had given instructions for what kind of sacrifice for what kind of incense and everything that they could offer and they offered something that God had not instructed and they were immediately killed. So this was showing then that God requires this perfect holiness and you you can't step outside of that. It, they didn't follow God's holy requirement for offering incense, and the result was that they were immediately killed. So here, once again, it's kind of reiterating the fact that God's people are now his temple, and we as his temple must walk in holiness and obedience, that God is now calling us to be holy and to be obedient. So we also still want to say that, of course, there is forgiveness, and that's part of what Jesus brought in, brought to us as forgiveness. So we don't see this happening all the time, but, um, but it is a story that just reveals how important holiness is. But now, when we go back to the story of the church, the church has definitely had an impact in Jerusalem, but believers aren't necessarily moving out to Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth, as that verse said, as, as they were commanded. So, kind of in order to get them moving, the church enters this time of persecution. And this is vividly illustrated in chapters 6 and 7 with the story of the stoning of Stephen. So, before he's killed... Stephen is brought before the Jewish leaders and he gives a defense of Christ by going through the Old Testament and showing how Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament promises. But of course, this doesn't change the religious leaders thinking. And instead, Stephen is is killed, he's stoned, and a time of intense persecution begins. And this causes the church to scatter. They move out of Jerusalem. They move farther out into Judea and Samaria. So chapter 8 shows the expansion of the church as people, different people are learning the good news. And this includes people who are involved in other religions, like we have Simon the Magician, and people from other countries, like the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. So that's just a reminder, a little taste, that the ultimate goal is to spread the church to the ends of the earth. And that's really underscored again by Peter's vision of a sheet of unclean animals. So Peter is praying and he sees this sheet lowered with all animals that are unclean for Jews to eat. And God says to kill and eat. And Peter realizes that through this vision, God is telling him that the church is open to all people. No one should be called unclean. Instead, God's plan is for all people. And of course, we know that after that, Peter is called to the house of a centurion and his whole family becomes believers. And they, of course, are Greek and Gentile and not Jewish. And then again, in chapter 11, the disciples discover that there's a church in the Greek city of Antioch. There's a church that's already there and growing. And the disciples are filled with joy to see this new church. And Peter and Paul go to Antioch to stay there for a year to strengthen and encourage this church. Okay, now I just introduced Paul, but what about Paul, right? What about Paul's story? And that happens in these chapters where the church is going into Judea and Samaria. And of course, we know that 
Paul was one of those people who was involved in the persecution, who was causing them to go out. But we also know that Paul has this dramatic conversion where he realizes that Jesus, he's confronted by Jesus. He realizes that Jesus is the Messiah and he becomes passionate, not for hunting down and killing Christians, but rather for going out and spreading the news. And this conversion leads him to becoming a major force in the spread of the gospel to the ends of the earth. So Paul's story introduced here is another foretaste that this is going to happen. So another interesting little tidbit about Paul, a lot of people say that God changed his name, but actually his Jewish name was Saul and his Greek name was Paul. So he stopped using his Jewish name and he started using a Greek name. And I've heard that one of the possible explanations for this is that Saul was one of the greatest kings of Israel, but Paul means small or little. So it was kind of like he began to recognize he had been a Jew of Jews. He had been the best, the top, and his name reflected that. But when he came to Christ, he realized his true position in the kingdom. He realized his sinfulness and he said, I am not the best or the greatest. I am small and started using the name Paul. So when we move on from here, we'll see the church moving out in greater force to the ends of the earth. So just to give a quick review, we have the first part of the book of Acts showing three main things. First, it shows how the young church is learning what it looks like to live when the promise is fulfilled. We see that as they learn to share and live in common. But there is still sin on the earth, so they're learning what it looks like to live in this already but not yet. Christ has come, but sin's not totally defeated. Second, part of living this way is realizing that God's temple is now in people, and that affects the way that believers live and act. Third, we see the first expansion of the church from Jerusalem out to other parts of Israel, and we see preparation for the church to continue to expand to the rest of the known world at that time. So that's what we'll talk about next time. We'll look at Paul's missionary journeys. We'll look at the letters that were written, and we'll consider what it means for us as we reach our place in the story of Scripture. So thank you for joining us, and I hope you'll tune in again next time for Building a Bridge to God's Word.